Hey guys, welcome back to It Is Finished. I'm Bethy. And I'm Helena. And we hope you guys enjoyed our conversation last week about the truth about the enemy. Um, today we're going to have a Bible study about Genesis 1 through 3 and really about how sin entered humanity. Last week we went through how sin entered the universe through Lucifer the angel. And now we're going to see how Satan used humans, Adam and Eve. And we think this is really important because it gives a strong basis as to why we need a savior. So just to give a little background on Genesis, Genesis is the first book written in the Old Testament and the Hebrew title is translated to In the Beginning. And it's traditionally thought to be written by Moses. All right. So in Genesis 1-1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And I think it's really important to notice that he says heavens, meaning that there is God created more than one heaven, and a lot of people have this misconception that there's only one heaven. Yeah, but at the same time, there's only one heaven where he lives Mm -hmm. at this moment. Um, So this opening verse is the first event that happens. It's when he created matter, space, and time, and New Testament writers affirm that he created all of this from nothing, so it just pushes the fact that he created everything that exists in the universe. Then verses 3 through 5 say, Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. So it's very important to mention how God did not create the sun and the moon yet. So when he means light and darkness, he means that in a spiritual aspect. And we'll see later, when he does create the sun and the moon, what he meant like the difference between the spiritual and physical side of it and in verse 14 it says then god said let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years okay so when people first read that verse they might look at it as supporting astrology because it says and let them be for signs and for seasons but if you read um the rest of the bible it completely goes against astrology or any other new age practices for example isaiah 47 13 through 14 says you are wearied with your many counsels let them stand forth and save you those who divide the heavens who gaze at the stars who at the new moons make known what shall come upon you behold they are like stubble the fire consumes them they cannot deliver themselves from the power of the flame no coal for warming oneself is this no fire to sit before so we've noticed a lot especially through social media how popular new age practices Mm. have become um like manifestation or astral projection meditation yeah and when we say meditation i'm not saying like sitting down and just at least like with yoga and stuff it's you're opening your mind and you're allowing different things like to come in and those things like that's not really how god talks about meditation i see people saying like There are charts that you can find online about, like, different parts of your body and what each of them represent and, like, focusing on that for specific things. And it's like, where did that come from? I'm so confused. Yeah, because if you're allowing other things to enter your body or your mind or your soul or any part of you and it's not from the word of God, then it's not from God. Usually, like, 
in church we hear like oh meditate on the word that's like you're sitting and you're 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 going through the word of god continuously you're putting his words in you until it's written on your heart until you have the spirit of god in you fully but when you're meditating like how the world portrays it that's something else yeah and also like fortune telling and mediums and stuff like that like if I've seen things on TV like people go to quote unquote mediums to get in touch with um, people that have died in their mm-hmm. lives, but it's like once you die, you can't. They don't have connection with people. They don't. Ghosts aren't just like walking around and watching over you. That's mm-hmm. not how it works. Um, once they die, they're not on this earth. You can't contact them. They're gone, yeah. and um, people will be convinced because they think they see signs or like oh they told me something that who that only that person would know or something like that and it's like um those are spiritual demons that are like tricking you and making you think that it's your loved one or that it's from god or something but it's not and it's just you're letting you're letting that enter your life and it can it's gonna affect you spiritually and in your soul all that stuff it's really scary Satan tries to do anything and everything to separate you from God. So if he's giving you these signs, making you think that you're talking to people who have died in the past or giving you these signs to let you know what your future is going to look like, really, he's trying to stir you away from what God had intended for you. And now you're going to rely on these new age practices and what society tells you is the best way to know how your day is going to turn out or Um, characteristics and personality traits about you that God has already written in his word he tells you exactly who he who you are um, and what he sees you as so it's really just Satan separating you from God and it's so sad to see yeah and um, the Bible talks about how uh, the enemy and children of Satan will use um, like false signs and make it look like it's of light but it's not like We also see on social media people talking about astral projection and actually being able to, like, see things outside of their own body or being able to enter people's dreams and, like, that's not from God. Like, that's never in the—we're not supposed to be able to do things like that. Like, that's coming from Satan. It's coming from the devil, so. And the only, like, supernatural, like— don't get us wrong supernatural that that exists like the spiritual world exists and we through jesus and through jesus only we're given a gift of the holy spirit and through that like so many things are possible you can cast out demons you can heal people you can do so many things you there there's people that have prophetic visions and all that like you all of that is available through us through jesus and jesus only and that's what god says but through these worldly things those are all coming from Satan. Okay, so moving on to verse 16, it says, Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. So here we finally see the sun and the moon being created, and that's when God actually separates morning from evening and in a physical sense. Now, in verse 5, he created light, which is him, his presence being represented there. Yeah. And this can also be seen in the New Testament when he calls us children of day, children of light. First Thessalonians 5, 5 says, You are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So basically, when you're walking in light, you're walking in the spirit of God. You're walking in the way you were called to 
live. But if you're walking according to night or of darkness, you're walking according to the world or according to what Satan would want you to walk in. I also think it's important to notice that even though God is talking about the creation of the sun and the moon, he doesn't explicitly say sun and moon. During the time the Old Testament was written, um, there was a lot of beliefs in pagan deities and they were represented by the sun and the moon. So again, he's just separating himself from the beliefs of the world that um, there's more than one God and more than one God created different aspects of life. When that's not true, God created everything. During the time of the Old Testament, pagan beliefs were prominent. It's still happening like now. There are still religions that, for example, emphasize Mary as like the queen in heaven and mm. that she has some divine authority over people over humans but she doesn't um if any religions emphasize like a masculine and feminine side of god or mother and father and god then that's a pagan belief system yeah and it's not only like objects idolizing objects and making them your god but it's any other thing like it doesn't matter human whatever and giving them the same authority that god has that's paganism that's idolizing other things yeah if you're praying to any other being besides god then that's idolizing yeah and speaking of mary other religions idolize her in a sense they give her the authority that god never really gave her um and there's also another misconception that she was a virgin after giving birth to jesus yeah. but yeah in matthew 1 24 25 it says then joseph being aroused from his sleep did as the angel of the lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name jesus when it says he did not know her that means he did not have sex with her mm -hmm. he didn't have sex with her until she gave birth to jesus so she was not a virgin after giving birth and like even later on in the new testament talks about jesus had brothers or he had siblings there's mm -hmm. and she didn't give birth to another jesus like it was from joseph so she didn't remain a virgin after giving birth yeah and only jesus is blameless only he was sinless only he was pure coming straight from heaven we saw we talked about in the last episode how he was there from the beginning um, and Mary was a human. She was born from her mother's womb. That, that was the first time that she came out on, she ever existed. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and we don't want to make it seem like she wasn't important. Like, yeah, she is important. She, she gave birth to Jesus, like, in the flesh, but at the same time, like, he was already God. He already had his divine powers. He mm -hmm. didn't get that from her. Yeah. She doesn't have any divine capabilities. Saying this to bash any religions or any people who believe this, but really, again, we're just trying to share what the heart of God. Yeah. And this is his word. We're using his word and, and the knowledge revealed to us by Holy Spirit. And really, guys, Mary, as chosen as she was, um, as faithful as she was she was faithful and she was chosen for a reason like there's yeah. doubt she was chosen for a reason and we don't undermine that but at the same time jesus is our savior he was the one who died on the cross he was the one who took all our sins blameless and spotless he lived on earth 
and only he is our savior and only through him can we get to the father it's not through anyone okay so now moving on to 1 26 through 28 it says then god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female he created them then god blessed them and god said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth all right, so here we see how God says, let us. And the last episode, we talked about the Holy Trinity and how the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. But he also makes note of how they're different. And, well, they're more than one um, entity when he says us. So when he says us, he's talking He's talking to Jesus. He's saying, let us make man in our image. And after their likeness. Um, God wanted us humans to have the same characteristics as him, being holy, just, and perfect. And we get that through the Holy Spirit. Yes. Also important to note how he says male and female, he created them, but not physically. Nowhere now do we see through the verses that we've already read when God actually creates man, but he created them spiritually. And both male and female at the same time. Yeah. That just goes to show, like, we're not just flesh. We're not just physical people. We have a spirit. We have a soul. And he created that first, first. which just shows, like, its significance. Yeah. Yeah. So through these verses, we see that God gave us dominion over all the living things on the earth. And that's not to say that we should abuse our authority or abuse our power, but we're supposed to represent God on earth humans were created for that very purpose was to represent him and that's why we have um authority over all the other creatures on earth god yeah. trusted us with that that's why we are here yeah. and once you have the understanding and really understand that everything you need has been given to you and god has granted you the authority to rule over everything then you don't care about like you stop caring about these worldly desires because you know that they will never satisfy you and that everything you need god your creator your father has already given you and sometimes satan tries to put this thing in your head where it's like no like to feel satisfied to feel good and whole you need money you need to be famous you need a like you need multiple significant others when really his intention and his plan was to give you dominion over everything through him and through him only satan was um like he was on earth he was a beast on earth right so when god says he gave dominion over all creatures that's including Mm. satan like we have control over him but that's again through the spirit of god that he Yeah, and as soon as you make the decision to turn from what God gave you, again, we'll see this in Adam and Eve, but everything falls away. Mm -hmm. Like, you lose everything that had already been given to you in the first place. And now looking at Genesis 2-7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of dust and of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. So now we see... God forming man from dust. This is the physical aspect of man being formed. And we also see that woman isn't formed yet. 
um, God created all the spiritual aspect, the whole spiritual aspect of male and female in Adam. And breathing in the breath of life, God breathed the spirit he had already created, both male and female, into man. And he later calls him Adam. And after putting Adam in the Garden of Eden, which really just represents God's presence, in Genesis 2.16, he says, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. So in this verse, we this is the first instance that we see what the wages of sin are, which is death. And um, later on when... Adam does sin, he doesn't physically die. That's not what God meant. He meant spiritual death. Adam was in the presence of God. He was spiritually alive. He was with God. He had the spirit of God in him. But as soon as you sin and you turn away from God, you reject life. You reject the one who gave you life. So then you're walking in spiritual darkness. You're not alive. And the wages of sin has not changed since the creation of man. Today, if we're walking in sin, then we are all spiritually dead. That's why Jesus came on earth and he died for our sins and he left his spirit here to dwell in us so that we can be spiritually alive and enter the kingdom of heaven. And it's really important to see how God made sure he told Adam that if you eat out of this tree, you will die. He Even now, we know the consequences of sin. Like, he loves us enough to tell us that, hey, if you do this, like, there's no option but death for you yeah. because I love you so much. And because of who I am, I can't stand with that. Like I can't be there because of his nature. So you ha like, he has no choice. You have no choice, but to enter. Hell. And he warned him. It's not like, um, yeah, it's not like, like he just let Adam be and said, don't do this. He told him exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. We have the word today. We have the Bible so that we know exactly what to do. We have mm -hmm. the word of God. Even we don't, we might not hear him speak it to us, but we can see it through his spirit, through the words written in the Bible, right? It's the same thing that happened to Adam. We're given these instructions and what God wants from us. So if you don't do it, then you have to face the consequences. And it's not because he's... Um, his, it's not in a bad way. Like, his nature is perfect. He can't be near sin. Then he would be compromising his perfection to be with us. That's why he gave us the opportunity to be cleansed, to be renewed, to be reborn. Yeah. And it's so crazy that, like, one might say, like, why would, why would God put that tree there? But you have to understand that Adam was in the presence of God. Like, he had the authority to not not eat from that tree he has the authority to not sin and the same way here you're probably like why would god put his people his children in a corrupt world but through his spirit we have that same authority through christ who died on the cross that as soon as he said it was finished he gave up his spirit and he gave us that same authority that adam once had and what Adam lost, we gained from Jesus. And that's really what it is. We have that same authority to say no to sin. We have that same power living in us to be able to reject sin and accept life. So right after this, verse 18 says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Then moving on to when God created woman in physical form, it says in 21 and 22, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. 
Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. So now we see woman being formed from man. And going back to when God created both male and female spiritually, we see the physical aspect now. Um, God takes out Adam's rib and from that forms woman, showing how they were one from the beginning and that was his intention for the rest. Yeah, it also kind of just emphasizes like how marriage is one of the closest human relationships there are. You become one with that person. Um, that's why in 24, verse 24, it says, um, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Yeah, marriage is that spiritual aspect, that covenant that God started from the beginning with Adam and Eve when he spiritually made them one. He formed male and female spiritually one so when we get married it's that spiritual oneness and then sex is that physical aspect yeah but it's also a spiritual act it's not just a physical thing and you create you can produce a life that's forming one person from two Mm -hmm. people literally that's the physical aspect as well but um just to touch on the topic of sex a little bit um we see here that Sex was created by God. It was a good thing. Um, in today's like world, it's kind of um, become perverted and almost something that it's frowned upon to talk about because of how people talk about it. But God created sex to be good, to produce more life, to produce more of his children, right? Yeah. Um, and it's supposed to be for in the box of marriage you're not supposed to Mm. yeah it's supposed to like solidify that oneness like it's almost like a sealing of the covenant already spiritually when you get married and then sex just like it's tying you guys together there's something called soul ties like spiritually um whatever that person whatever's going on with them spiritually can transfer to you you through sex it's not just a physical thing it's a spiritual thing Mm -hmm. and um you might be wondering like why do you why do i feel this way after doing something with this person or Mm -hmm. um after like a one night stand like something emotionally is going on right and sometimes you don't understand what it is but that's because you're only seeing it from a physical standpoint you're not seeing it with a spiritually awakened perspective so yeah um, I hear, like, so many times, like, people having one-night stands and then, like, falling for the person and thinking, like, oh, um, like, they're the one, but really it's because you shared that oneness. You you sealed that oneness, and now a part of them is in you, and that's why you feel that attachment. Yeah. If from some relationships, if you take away the sexual aspect that um, mm-hmm. goes on and you look at it just apart from that, do you really want to be with that person? Like, can you guys survive in a long-term relationship without having sex before you're married. Yeah. And um, I think that's also another important reason as to why he, yeah, like, put marriage in the container or put sex in the container of marriage. You're supposed to be with someone that you love, someone that you can actually spend the rest of your life with. And we see that, at least in America, most a lot of um, marriages end in divorce or mm-hmm. a lot of marriages end up not working out. And I'm not saying it's just because of sex. Like, obviously, there's a lot of different factors that lead into it but 
I don't think people are like really real like seeing if who they're spending the rest of their life with is someone that's actually pushing them to where they're supposed to go or like helping them walk in light helping them get closer to god yeah. and is is god the center of your relationship are you putting him first are you guys pushing each other to pursue him more do you guys love god more than each other or care more about god than the relationship that those are questions that should come up before sex or marriage or even a future and then after that once you once you said yes this is the one i want to spend the rest of my life with you you solidify that relationship with marriage first and then sex again the enemy has taken something that god created to be good and perverted it and made it seem like it was bad or cuz a lot like if you're having sex at a certain age or like a young age or outside of marriage a lot of times you end up having to lie about what you're doing, where you're going, for example, to your parents, it's just like it carries on more than just mm. that one mm. sin. Like it's burdening you with more than that. Okay, so moving on to the fall of Adam and Eve, chapter three, one through five says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So here we see the different steps that Satan really uses to provoke sin. What did he do first? He questioned God's word. He said, did God indeed say what God clearly said that they can eat out of every tree, but the one tree, the knowledge of good and evil. And then he changes God, God's word. And he says, oh, you shall, you shall surely not die. But God clearly said that if you eat or touch the tree, that they were going to die. And he changes the consequence of sin. That Those are the same things that, that Satan is doing now. He also goes on to claim that they will be like God, claiming more power. Yeah, but they were already like God. They were made in his image. Yeah. They were given authority over all creatures. The same likeness, the same character, yeah. pure, holy, just, perfect, was all given to them by God. It's literally the same thing he did in heaven before mm -hmm. he was banished with the other angels trying to tell them that... Um, if they broke away from God's authority, then they could exalt themselves higher than God, which doesn't make sense because they're God's creation. Yeah. But um, I think it's interesting to note that he told Eve that they will not die, which technically they didn't physically die. So he's deceiving her into thinking that he's right. They're not going to physically die. But he knows that spiritually they will be dead just as he is. And he... Yeah, just like he was out of the presence of God, they were cast out the presence of God as well. He knew exactly what would happen because it happened to him. Yeah. He's just trying to get more people to basically follow in his footsteps. And that's what Satan is doing now. He's making you think, again, with all these new world ages or fame or just worldly desires in general, it makes you feel like you need things to satisfy you when God already, when he created you in his image, whole perfect gave you everything that you needed yeah he god literally gave adam and eve dominion over all creatures can eat from every single tree in the garden except that one except the one but through the deception of the enemy 
it made her think, oh, I need to eat from that one tree. That one tree is going to be good for me, right? That's the same thing that he does on Earth today. Yeah, and it's really important to note that the only thing was that it was pleasant to her eyes. Sin sometimes could be deceiving, Satan knowing that, like, if he put lies and and stealing and all these things that God says not to do, if he put them in an ugly picture that wasn't pleasing, then people wouldn't do do it. it. Yeah. So he knows, like, he tries to make sex so appealing that, like, everyone needs to do it now or, like, you know, hide really the purpose that God had intended from the beginning. And he makes it just so attractive on the outside on a physical level but you really don't see the spiritual level Mm -hmm. and that's where holy spirit comes in to play because holy spirit allows you to discern good from bad not physically but spiritually Spiritually. yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's why the bible emphasizes that we don't it's not flesh versus flesh it's spiritual Mm -hmm. warfare it's spirit versus spirit and that's something that we can't see through our own eyes it's something that we can't see without god that's why i said before like if you don't have the spirit of God in you, then you're not going to be able to win any battle against the enemy because unlike us, he can see everything on a spiritual level. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. And, and having sin, their physical eyes were open and they knew where they, they knew that they were naked, mm-hmm. but it's important to note that they were naked from the beginning. Yeah, but they were not ashamed. Mm. Shame does not come from God. It that comes not. from the enemy. Yeah. And as soon as they sinned, they felt shame. Mm-hmm. Right after they they fell into the deception of the enemy. So then God being all knowing, he knew right away when like that they were about to sin and he knew when they had sinned. However, he wanted to see if they understood what they had done. So God asks and he says, where are you? So in verse nine, it says, then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And I think it's important to note that he calls Adam first, even though he knows what happened and he knows that Eve Um, was communicating with the serpent and that she was the one who gave him the apple. He's still addressing Adam first because Adam is the head of their marriage. He holds the responsibility for what happened. And Adam tells God that Eve made him eat. However, Eve tells God that the serpent deceived her. She, She said deceived, meaning she knew she had been deceived, but Adam didn't. And this goes to show that that power that female can have, like women can have on man. Adam wasn't directly deceived by Satan. Satan didn't come to him and talk to him. And Satan knew. He knew the perfect way to get to Adam and to have both of them sin. Yeah. But Satan used Eve to deceive Adam, which just also goes to show, like, you have to be careful who you trust, like, on earth. You have to know who you're listening to, even if they're, you think that they're preaching good things or they're preaching the word of God or whatever. If you don't know the word of God yourself, if you don't, if you're not able to discern and recognize things through his spirit, then you can be deceived through people because the enemy does use people in your life to deceive you. Even the people that are closest to you, this was his wife. Mm, Yeah, that's so true. And um, then God goes on to curse all three of them. But he starts off with the serpent. God curses him, but not only does he curse him, 
but he promises of a savior and how Jesus will defeat the devil once and for all. Verse 15, it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So he's talking to the serpent here and he's telling him that he's basically promising a savior and how Jesus will defeat the devil once and for all. And bruise his heel, meaning the fact that Jesus will be crucified, Right, that's the only thing that Satan will be able to do. Yeah. But he promises that he will bruise his head. Yeah, the difference between bruising your heel and bruising your head, it just shows, like, the devil... Cru- having Jesus being crucified was is nothing compared to... Um, the power of God that was yeah. revealed from it. Yeah. And really what Jesus came down here to do. And it's crazy to see that... Um, as soon as they sinned, as soon as they turned away from God, he immediately told them that there would be a savior. He immediately had a plan for salvation from the very mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah. Which just shows like his mercy and his love. Even well, he knew that they were going to sin, and he already had that plan for them. Yeah. Yeah. And that same mercy is abundant for everyone. Although some people may say, "Oh, but I've done this and I've done that. God can never forgive me of this." He he forgave. Adam and Eve right away, right after they turned from him, his first creation of human. Yeah, they were directly in his presence. They were talking to God right there with him, and they still turned away from him. Yeah. So, yeah. And God, being just, he had to, he had to abide by what he said. He had to abide by his word, and he cursed Adam and Eve. And they were kicked out of Eden, God's presence. Mm-hmm. But not only did he kick him out, but before he kicked him out, he made them clothing. Yeah. That just shows his love again. Yeah. He st- showed that he still cared for them, even though they just turned from him. They just rejected him. And he created the clothing out of um, animal skin, which is also just a reference to um animal sacrifices which you see later in the old testament Mm. it's a way to cover well literally in this sense cover them but spiritually cover their sins cleanse their sins and that's later in the new testament we see jesus is the the lamb of god represents the animal sacrifice that cleanses our spirit and then after it says a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life and in this sense it was physical but our tree of life is Jesus and through the Holy Spirit and word of God we get Jesus so what is this story of Adam and Eve although it lays the foundation for how sin entered humanity the ways of how Satan Satan deceives It also shows that us alone cannot, like, we are not worthy. We are all sinners. From Adam and Eve, we have that line. We have that sinful nature. We do. We all have sinned, every single one of us. The wages of sin are death. No matter what sin it is, if you tell a little lie, if you kill someone, it's the same. You would, we would all be going to hell for that sin, right? So that means we're, none of us are worthy. We're not even worthy of um, having a savior, but he still gave that Mm -hmm. to us. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to be in our presence. We could have all just been cast into hell with the enemy, right? Mm-hmm. But immediately, as soon as they sinned, he gave us a savior because he wants to be in our presence. He wants 
his will to be done in our lives. He wants our purpose to be carried out in our life. And that can only happen through his spirit because without him, we walk in darkness. We don't, when we walk in our own will, we're not walking according to what he created us to do. Yeah, there's no middle. You see either you're walking in light, you're walking with Jesus, or you're walking in darkness, you're walking with the world. Mm-hmm. And he makes that so clear. I mean, the mercy of God, it triumphs all. Like, he knew from the beginning, but again and again, after every story, we see the mercy of God yeah. so prevalent. The Old Testament just is really just showing every single time God gives people like the people of Israel, for example, opportunities, they still sin, they still mm-hmm. turn against him. And that's all leading up to the fact that we need a savior. They were, they had to do animal sacrifices so often to cleanse um, their sins. And that's how they became right with God after doing those sacrifices. But it was all leading to the prophecy of Jesus Christ, the fact that he yeah. came on earth and his blood cleanses us and we can become right with God. Yeah. Without having to kill animals. Yeah, because of Jesus, we we have that Eden. We have that spiritual Eden, the ability to be in God's presence. Um, Jesus sending his Holy Spirit so that we may have his spirit in us. That wherever we go, we have God's presence. That we be led by his presence and his presence alone. But it doesn't mean that just because we accept Jesus into our life and now Holy Spirit is in us doesn't mean that it... It's all easy and... Yeah, yeah. or that we don't, like, there's no way that just by accepting Jesus and believing that he's your Lord and Savior is enough. Like, you need to eat from the tree of life. You need to eat from the word of God. You need to fill your your yourself up with him and him only so that you can walk by his will you can Mm -hmm. discern good from evil only by knowing who he is you'll know who you are because we were created in his likeness so unless you know who god is you really don't know the authority and everything that he has given you yeah and that just lets you be deceived even more by the enemy and people talk about how the world is today and how temptation is all over the place like how can you walk with god when everything is like coming at you left and right but it's when you're walking with him, he leads you into light. Like all the temptation that you're surrounded with is, it's not tempting anymore. Like, yes, it is still hard to pick up your cross every day and follow him. It's not easy, but the more time you spend with him, the more you're filled up with him, the less you can be penetrated by the enemy, the less the enemy can fill you up. If you're already filled up, there's no space for the enemy to come into you. Yeah. So, um, all this to say, If you haven't given your life to Jesus, accept him into your life, believing that he died for your sins and resurrected and that through him and him only you have everlasting life. And then the Holy Spirit will enter you. You will walk in life and light. You will know who you are. You will know who your your creator is. And yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We hope you guys learned. Um, We hope you guys also read Genesis 1 through 3 and see what the Holy Spirit reveals to you because we just did a very broad Bible study and through what Holy Spirit has revealed to us but the amazing wonderful thing about the Word of God is that it is alive so that each and every time that you read through it Holy Spirit the Spirit inside of you the Spirit of God can reveal so many things 
Like, you could read through it hundreds of times. That's why you're, like, some people have this misconception of, like, how is all of God in his word? It's because it's alive, it's living, that every time you read it, you get a new revelation. All you have to do is ask and seek, and he'll reveal more. Like, God is infinite. You can never know everything about him. But his word is enough in the sense of when you read it, really it's his spirit and not you revealing him. Yeah. So um, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We look forward to your guys' questions and comments. Anything that you feel like we didn't go through or disagree about anything that we said, yeah. please let us know. DM us at it is finished podcast on Instagram. You can email us at it is finished pod at gmail.com. And we're open to hearing anything that you guys have to say. Yeah. And in the next episode, we're going to choose a couple chapters and go through life go through life of jesus Jesus on earth yeah Yeah. so we can learn about our savior now that we know we need a savior we're gonna learn about who he was and really what his life was about here Mm -hmm. on earth and yeah so we hope you guys enjoyed stay tuned thanks for listening yeah thank you guys bye bye